imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total platonic reversal. Platonic reversal. Platonic reversal with your host, Kevin Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground layer in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that he's brought about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with shot in the neighborhood. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed. It is a science thing. It is a science place. It is a scientific fact that we are all up in your face. It is time for the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. And welcome to it. Today's a very special, very special episode. They're all very special episodes. Who am I kidding? But we have an entire band this time. We have uh, Rebecca, Angela, and Dylan from the band Adira Horse from New York. And I'm very excited to have them on. It's, it's a it's a joint appearance. It's a it's a collaboration between all the United Nations <laughs> to make this happen. And uh, yeah, it's it's great to have you guys on. So I, I always have this weird thing, and I've been very vocal about it that it feels weird to me to talk about someone while I'm literally looking at them. So this right. is where it's good to have a producer. So I'm just gonna throw. Normally I throw a tune on, but I'll, I'll still do that. It'll just be later on. But uh, Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having us. And we got we got Dylan also. Uh, hey, got I, Dylan. I believe he's putting a shirt on. So that's. I have the shirt on now, so it's official. Fantastic. I'm joined. I've entered the chat. The shirt has entered the chat. <laughs> the shirt. The shirt has entered the chat room. <laughs> uh, and I, I think we're just waiting on Angela. Okay. And, cool. Uh, so yeah, yeah. We, and we can go, we can go and get going. Uh, fantastic, Kavya. Uh, this is it's always a treat to have more than one person on at a time. Uh, and it's always nice when it's a band, and it's, I especially like having bands on that maybe everyone doesn't already know, and it's kind of a big deal to me. So I'm glad that we were able to make this happen, and I'm sure your 2020 has been wildly different than you probably expected it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You could say that. <laughs> I know you, you, did, yeah, you did get in some shows, so What's that now? Yeah. We started off strong. Yeah, we had like a whole month of, we had a... Yeah. four weeks of tour so we had about it, as crazy as it sounds we had probably like 25 shows this year right so not bad it's a pretty good amount i mean like considering <laughs> we start like i'm saying we started off really strong yeah, yeah. we've made a full length well we started to make a full length which is now derailed but right yeah sure yeah but yeah it started great and now we just are in limbo, you know, like everybody else. <laughs> you got one of those singles out, I know, uh, and that was that was on the early side, and and like a lot of, <laughs> you're in some good company. You're in company with a bands like Archers of Low for something that put out something really awesome, and then it's like, oh wait, no, we can't we can't do anything about this. Like, but it's <laughs> fair, so there you go. Yeah, we put out. Was that what if I was? That's just a totally separate thing. So the full length is a completely new set of material. Okay. So at least, uh, yeah, I mean, we did put that out, but that was sort of to, you know, how you'd want to tad it over till you reach the full length completion. Yeah, you, you, so that's you, what you that was. Engaged, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But uh, 
So that was nice. It wasn't, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think some people are having a lot of success dropping albums right now because everyone's at home. They can listen to it, you know? Yeah. So, that, and that's, have you found that uh, it's it's worked out well for you in that manner? Because I, I found there's a couple things. One is that everyone's home and kind of finding time for things that maybe they thought they didn't have time for before. Uh, right. be, just be out, out of boredom or uh, necessity. But then also... You know, people are just finding new ways to, like, connect with others. And it's it's been interesting. And it's been interesting to see, you know, just from a, surely from a pure personal perspective, like, with this show, that, that there's been a lot of growth lately. There's a lot of new people paying attention to it that, you know, maybe deemed themselves right. too busy before. And I know that right. there's a lot of folks listening to new music out there. But, of course, it's, you know, everybody's concept record about the pandemic is coming. So there's going to be a glut of stuff, <laughs> of stuff coming out. So how far along in the process were you? That The, the advanced single wasn't on the record, but the record's ready to rumble? Like it's ready to go? Uh, not quite. We like that. So that single was recorded, like what, Rebecca, like 2018, 19? Yeah, it's old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so these, this uh, album that we recorded was material we'd been playing out for quite a while. But, uh, but yeah, in terms of completion, it's about, I don't know, it's like the, all the basic tracking is done. Like all the, all the meat and potatoes is done. Now we got to add like the polish, like the layers and the backing vocals and my vocal solo. and <laughs> so all, the, all the sweet synths all the important that uh, stuff, Dylan's right? going to add. Yeah. yeah. So, so what did you, what do you think? I mean, has it changed? Has the metrics of how you're approaching just doing the record at all changed with the uh, with the pandemic? I mean, what do you what are your thought process on that? Well, we don't definitely not have to rush into it anymore. Like we were kind of like right. the plan was originally to get off the road and then in the wait two three weeks and then immediately go into the studio to finish. Yeah, Which, to be honest, uh, to be honest, we were really psyched about. You know, um, sure. I was really excited yeah. to to go right into the studio you know we were all like really on a roll with it and everything yeah um you're hitting it so, hard yeah. you know and, and like you, you get this momentum it sort of creates its own momentum and then uh then maybe less so with uh, <laughs> with everything so were were you were you actually out because i know juno was out as well and they just you know shows started canceling on them like as as they were uh going through them and we kind of mm -hmm. as things gradually got worse almost hour by hour even uh we weren't we were lucky we were we were out all of february and then we were back yeah. for march so we we could have just spread it literally across the entire country <laughs> 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 definitely followed us back in a weird way because we we were two days behind the first case so like when the first case in america that, that was known it was right. like in Northern California, I think. Yeah. We had just left Northern California, which was pretty weird. But none of us thought it was going to hit this proportion, I don't think, you know? No. Yeah, I mean, we, we were – we got through two dates of our tour, and <laughs> it was centered around Seattle, which at the time was the center of the epidemic. And so there definitely yeah. was thoughts early on of like, oh, should we be doing this? Like maybe maybe we should, we should think about canceling. And then, again, it's just things happen so quickly – uh, it, it just, it's kind of amazing how exponential uh, everything happened. But of course, later on, New York has become the, the center of everything. And the only person I've had on from New York recently, 
has been Tony Visconti, which I imagine has a Whoa. has a wildly different take on things than than a working band. But uh, how's how's the How's the pandemic can you just, life been? Just, can you just tell us all about Tony Visconti for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> it's like my favorite producer of all time. Yeah, it was, it was great, man. We Jesus got the BS of Tony Visconti. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> like, I, I, I wasn't doing that as a change drop. It was literally just like, okay, I know I your experience care, is man. not going to be the same as like a touring band. So like, I'm really, I'm really eager to hear it. But yeah, it was, I mean, it was. I highly recommend it. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I can't wait to listen to that. Anyway, Angela and Dylan can speak to this because I escaped. So, uh, <laughs> sorry, what was the question? Tony Visconti is very distracting. <laughs> oh, what's it like being in New York? Sorry, D- during oh. this pandemic specifically, and and uh, everything that's been going on. I mean, everybody sees the news, right? But you know, it's being it's one yeah. thing to see it, and then one thing to live it. For me, at first, uh, it was a lot of just being by myself, which is not fun for me. I'm a stupid extrovert, like, uh, so not seeing people was really weird and, like, starting to really get to me, Um, and my roommates left and everything, Uh, but then I got a job uh, making face shields for healthcare workers. um, Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've been uh, Rosie the Riveter-ing. Um, Angela's wasted right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hard day's work. Straight down to the pub. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, and that's, I mean, that's that's a wild changeup, right? I mean, that's something where things are just normal. It's a it's average average day in New York, like this center of culture, like this awesome things going on. Then suddenly, like, oh, th- now we're throwing bodies in U-Hauls. And yeah, yeah, it was strange. Like, well, we were all there in the beginning. Rebecca, like, was there for the, like, the, the initial scare, for sure. Probably, like, the first three Couple weeks. weeks, two or three weeks, yeah. I don't yeah, know. yeah, but it was definitely weird, like, and Angela, you know, has been going to work most days, but uh, I work from home, thankfully, but, yeah, it was weird. I was supposed to go to, like, West Side Story the night they shut down the city or something, like, supposed to go to a Broadway play <laughs> because my grandmother didn't want to go. So I, I took her ticket because right. she was concerned about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just like the, the dominoes just started falling. And then next thing, next two days later, I was like in line with 300 people at Trader Joe's. You know, everyone, not, no one wearing, very few people wearing masks yet, but everyone clearly preparing for the apocalypse. And then like a couple – Maybe a week or two after that, I went on a bike ride through the city, you know, all the way up through Brooklyn and uh, into Central Park, and it was just like a ghost town. Yeah. 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 And now, and now it's kind of gone back. Like it, now, it's not gone back to normal, but it feels less like a sci-fi movie. Yeah, I was gonna say it, it seemed like it had big twenty-eight days later energy uh, <laughs> for a while. <laughs> riding up Park Avenue, and there's like no one on Park Avenue, and then yeah. riding up like. You know, there were no cars, wouldn't on, on really busy streets. and You can hear that like speed you Black Emperor song kind of queuing up in your head as yeah. you can see everything be completely empty. Oh, what? Barren. Say it again, Conan. Your mic. audio drop. Oh, I, I, I was just saying, you you can, like, hear the Godspeed You Black Emperor sort of queue up uh, in your head <laughs> as, as you walk through the streets. <laughs> so talk to me then about... Uh, how are the how are the shows like when you're when you're out about uh, and and you're doing this you know and and I obviously know as well because I, I was out also but 
what was it like seeing the vibe of things at, at these shows change? Did the vibe of things change? Because knowing that you were in different regions, like certain areas react differently than others. Maybe definitely, the, about it. definitely the West Coast was more aware um, than any of the – because it was a national that we did. I'm sure Dylan and Rebecca mentioned that. Um, so the West Coast was definitely more aware. Um, like – I remember it being mentioned, like, kind of a, whoa, isn't it crazy? Like, sort of that kind of conversation. Um, but it wasn't nearly as serious. None of the conversations were, were really serious, uh, you know, until we got back to New York, oddly enough. Yeah, um, yeah we didn't hear anyone yeah. talk about, like, washing your hands more, wearing a mask. Like, nobody mentioned that the entire month of February. Like, Yeah, it was very, very yeah. early days. Like, I had, I had a friend in China who was, you know, living through it. And uh, he was kind of explaining to me how it was over there, but you know, you know, you know, news from China doesn't always translate to news in the United States. Yeah, news from China doesn't uh, always get to the United States. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, you never believe it until it's happening. It's kind of like one of those moments. Like I, I kind of equate it to like, not, it's like 9/11. Honestly, it's like the world will never really be the same after that day. Yeah. My uh, my my dad is. Uh, in early, his early 70s, um, and uh, he's lived through quite a few different really strange, like, you know, global events, and like the JFK assassination, and up until this day, um, he said that the JFK assassination was the weirdest thing, um, but he's recently changed it. He's like, he's no, this is the weirdest thing that I've ever lived through. Um, wow. so. that's a lot of life, too. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny you mentioned that, because, of course, yeah, it, it's... You know, obviously it sucks for people that are playing bands and, and are doing stuff, but when you think about the fact that it literally targets older folks, you know? Yeah. Like, just, again, yeah. uh, you know, on our tour, like, I had packed some time at the end of it to visit with my dad because I didn't get to see him during Christmas, and he lives in Central mm. California. And I was like, oh, yeah, are we really going to come from, like, Seattle, like, the epicenter, and then go hang out with my dad who's, like, older than Wayne Kramer? Yeah, that's not going <laughs> to <laughs> that's not that's my metric by the way is are you younger or older than Wayne Kramer apparently but yeah it's 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 insane to think about uh how many people were were put at risk just because of you know things like nursing homes yeah. and, like, and, and folks that are uh anyway this is pandemic stuff we can talk about music too uh, <laughs> no I mean it's all relevant that's it's just strange yeah I think all of us got, these days can just talk about this for hours and hours you know yeah right. Well, current I, events. I, and what I found interesting is that, uh, and, and I'm glad that uh, you mentioned it, that to me, well, I'm glad you mentioned it because as someone who's from New York, I feel like you have the ability to say it is or is not like 9-11, but it very much feels like a, a unifying event that whatever the reaction is to it, everybody's reacting to the same thing. And that's been kind of an mm. interesting thing with doing like so many of these episodes. It's been something like 40 or something in the past like seven weeks. I can't even remember. Wow. But it's a unifying experience that everyone's dealing with a very changed world. And, you know, a lot of a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of, uh, you know, just, just not knowing what to do with certain energy and things along those lines. I mean, the fact that by observing social distancing practices, you can't even be in the same room and practice. Right? So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's hard. Yeah, me and Dylan uh, did just uh, see each other and maybe played instruments at the same moment as right. each other. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot confirm other? nor deny the existence of these activities. <laughs> no one 
need no, okay? <laughs> like, uh, no, but I felt like I feel like it we it was like we broke down. I don't know. Dylan texted me and was like, "What would you think about uh, maybe you know getting together and jamming?" And I was like, "Oh, thank God!" You know, I, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I I can only learn. Well, I've been doing this thing on our Instagram for engagement um, where <laughs> we uh, I I play uh, famous bass lines and have people guess them. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's like name that tune, but it's with the bass. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but with bass lines. Um, anyway, it's been occupying my time, but there's only so many of those that I can do by myself. <laughs> right. You know, like, before I'm just like, okay, can I play with a drummer, please? <laughs> hey, y'all, here's some Jaco Pastorius for you. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. Actually, I haven't done a Jaco line yet, but that's coming up. Coming well, there you up. go. That's a freebie for you. <laughs> yeah, that's the weirdest thing, though, is just not playing with people. Because we, we do it, you know, we were doing it three times a week. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, and then going it, it, to shows and just—it was just—it's such a big part of your life, and then it's on hold. Like, not that it's never going to come back, but it's just you're waiting. <laughs> yeah, and I—I I don't want to shift, uh, you know, exclusively on the mechanics of it, but I think it is something that, you know, that I, I, with this show, I like to break down everyone's process, and that includes playing together, especially when you're a working <clears throat> band, especially when you're a working band that, you know, was hitting it pretty hard. You have to play together and you have to kind of keep that momentum and to not even be able to do that is uh that that's pretty surreal and, it, and, it, and it's because there's so many huge life-altering things and life-ending things going on with this i feel like it gets kind of short-sold that not just with bands but any sort of creative expression that requires engagement with other people everything's just in suspended animation. It's like everybody's Han Solo in the Carbonite right now, right? Right. Well, I think that the benefit to affecting everyone is, like, everyone is understanding of it. Like, it's not like, you know, a band disappearing for three months and everyone's like, what the fuck happened to that band? <laughs> you know, everyone knows what happened to the band. Whatever happened to those guys? I thought they were a band. Oh. You're not like, oh, have they plateaued or, like, gone into, like, you know, hiding? Yeah. It's like, no, like, there's a fucking pandemic. Like, it's totally fine, you know? I mean, that's not fine, but, like, the band, the industry, like, I think that everyone is going to be understanding. The problem, I think, that we are all going to face is obviously, like, it's not going to be like a three month thing or a six right. month thing. It's going to be like shows that are shows that are going to be rebooked by like agencies are going to be rebooked in a way more in advance than like our shows. Yeah. And then those shows are going to get canceled and then rebooked again before we even get like any, you know, sort of bookings. I think it's just going to affect everyone for a really long time in like a snowball. But then also like the major point of concern, like regardless of our little shows, it's just like, will the venues survive, you know, like, there's you know, will there even that, be a Shire Pippin? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no. And excellent That's reference. Rebecca left too. She's in the Shire right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true because, I mean, you think about, you know, I, I, I already know of a few beloved DIY venues that, ha like, just bust ass constantly and right. book weirder bands and, and really put right. all their, their all into it and – they're either flat out on the ropes. I mean, almost everyone's on the ropes, but I know a couple that have shut down already. And they just, because they were in a situation right. where they were new enough that, you know, they didn't have that cushion. They didn't have that balloon. So we're going to be looking at a very right. changed world afterwards. And that's, uh, 
Yeah, I guess that's uh, that's not exactly a newsflash, but I think it's something where when people right. are talking about gigantic industries and literal dead bodies being moved into trucks, it sort of like maybe takes like a bit of a back seat, but it doesn't mean it's not important either. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, also, it's all relative. Also, you know, um, in doing this like assembly line work, you know, I it's like I'm being sort of like it's like my reality has almost completely changed, and like I. I, there really are some days where I have to remind myself that I, I'm not an assembly line worker. Like, I'm still a musician, you know? Um, but it's so hard to remember that. Uh, and, like, it's weird because it hasn't been all that long, you know? But it just it just goes to show how essential uh, playing is to me. Um, I didn't understand, like, until it was really taken away, you know? Yeah, totally. um, So... Yeah, in a strange way, it's kind of like a, you know, you know how like in farming sometimes you have to burn down the field to replant, right? And uh, you know this is a much more tragic way than you know this was not intentional in any way. But uh, I think moving forward, we have to think about how the scene and the music industry gets rebuilt. It's like it's mm. you know like a lot of parts of the music industry weren't good. In the yeah. first place, absolutely, yeah, and, and that's something uh, that they made, neglected maybe... artists like us, and uh, <laughs> were interested in you know and making you know making a profit, which is understandable, but uh, you know I think like Angela's saying, there's a lot more to it than just the business side. It's like we are creative people after all, and and I think everyone in the industry hopefully is going to either remember that or realize that it's not that important to them and move on. And make way for the people who actually do find Where it actually, Yeah, and I think I think you might be onto something there. And I think it's, I mean, sorry, I say your audio dropped again. Nope, nope. How, how about now? We good? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's it's also notable. I mean, for me, literally last weekend is this when I like felt it like just not that I hadn't noticed it before, but like felt it in my bones of just like, ah, oh, god damn it! Like this is such a big part of my life, and it's just gone. It's just not there. Mm -hmm. And yeah. again, you know, nobody's being shoveled into a truck with a dead body necessarily, but it, it, it matters. It, it, and it's it's important to note. And I think it's I think it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, the, the, the working bands such as Adira Horse and, and others are, are the ones the most affected and that have the most uncertain future with no support. And I think that's a that's a shame because. I mean, small venues that do it for the love of it, but they're in the same boat, too. It's the same thing. Anything creative with the... Uh, this is a depressing topic. What did I bring it up? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, think it's, I think it has a silver lining, though. You know what I mean? It's like... To, it's it's everything. Yeah. It's... it's uh, It really tests who we all are, how much we really love this, how much we want to, you yeah. know, get... And how much we miss it and how much more we're going to appreciate it once, you know, there's very few moments in life where you lose something and then you have the chance of getting it back. And then when you lose it, you realize how much you miss it and how much you should appreciate it normally. And now now should be one of those times where well, you come back and uh, you're more, you're more involved, more appreciative and you were, you know, everything about it, you're going to enjoy more because you lost, you know how it feels to lose it. Yeah. It, it all, it all matters a little more and maybe it even hits you a little harder. So, on that, talk about this this new record that's that's on the way. Like it, this this is this was something. What was the original plan, and how has that changed with all this going on? Uh, well, the original plan um, was to you know get in there um, with Sylvia Massey and 
record those 10 songs, um, you know, uh, and, you know, some vocals through a grapefruit or whatever, you know, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Um, yeah. And I think that what caught us off guard, um, you know, all of us have had a number of recording experiences, obviously, like, um, but the thing that caught me off guard the most was just how, um, incredibly personable Sylvia Massey is, um, and how, she just knows what needs to happen, you know? And usually usually what needs to happen is just to, like, let us do the thing that we do, yeah. you know? Um, and uh, and she was, like, all for uh, just being like, yeah, do it again, you know? Great, <laughs> you know? Right, right. Um, so uh, it, was, it was really, really refreshing. But, yeah, obviously the plan after that was to get in and uh, – you know, finish up overdubs, and uh, Sylvia is going to produce a few of our songs. So um, hopefully, that'll happen soon too. Well, and yeah, I mean, it's just—I guess it's a pause button, right? Not a full stop necessarily. Right. It'll—it'll happen. It'll happen. What's going to happen? It—it does—it yeah. does make me wonder about bands that have like internal strife or conflict, or like maybe on the ropes before they. <laughs> oh, you mean like every band? I feel like. <laughs> you know, like, are you in a band if you don't? Each other like, oh, yeah, yeah. like oh, God, Christ, they're doing that thing again. Uh, yeah, so I mean, and on that, it, it feels like from from an outside perspective, it feels like everyone's very much on the same page and and down with the program uh, with y'all. But I mean, what? Tell me about a dear horse as a live unit because you know you you did some shows with Big Business. Uh, you're going out. You're you're you're, you're playing, but it's. It's a rough time to be a band with a long and hard to remember name, and I speak from experience. <laughs> was it ever easy? Was it ever a good time? I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if it was ever easy, but it's really hard now. Like everyone's been almost trained with ADD to like if it's not like you know three letters long or something, just like ah, oh, it's a it's a thing. It's a it's we're a, all about the re- we're going to rebrand after this for rebranding. <laughs> <laughs> like you know who really sent us down that path? Conan, that Conan Neutron. Yeah. <laughs> When, when it's it, funny. I like, like, like was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking about that today. I was like, I remember, like, you know, we've been talking about changing it for like five years, but it hasn't happened yet. Maybe now is the time. <laughs> yeah, we, this it's is been, a, it's been a topic moment. of conversation for years, and we just haven't really agreed on anything that you know we like. Is we don't like. Not that any of us really like the name anyway, but <laughs> but we just can't. <laughs> you agree can't on go anything. from a name you don't like to a name you also don't like. Right. You it have to, to, yeah. you have to know that that name is good. You know. Yeah. It's also like Tricky people stuff. sort of know us. People have our merch now. Right. I don't know how much is in a name. You well, know? there's almost. Are y'all familiar with the uh, the sunk cost fallacy? Where it's a yeah yeah it, it, very it, much so. <laughs> yeah, Rebecca. Rebecca is a big fan of that one. <laughs> I talk about that shit a lot. I'm just saying. Rebecca really likes that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, we can't we can't afford to change the name. We've already invested this much time and energy into it. Oh, we can't afford not to. Okay, well, you know. Uh, right. But, I mean, that said, it's not, I mean, it, it, like any name, except for, like, you know, ones that are objectively bad, which is actually rare, uh, it, it, it's what you imbue into it, right? People become familiar yeah. with it. I mean, I remember when Annual Notice by the Trail of the Dead first started out. I knew about them because a friend of mine, like assistant engineer, their first record. And he was from Texas. Mm. Oh, you got to check out this band. They're awesome. Oh, okay, cool. What are they called? And he told me, I'm like, I'm never going to remember all of those words. There's no chance. Oh, yeah. 
And yeah, yeah, there's another band too. It has like "Life is a Beautiful Place" and "I'm Not Afraid to Die" or whatever. Yeah, it, it, the yeah. world is a beautiful place. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, that's what uh, I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, who knows? It could be. You could just replace one of those words, and yeah. you'd be acceptable most also, of the time. Also, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> also, let's be perfectly honest here. Is Nirvana like a good band name? Like, really think about that band name. Like, that's a stupid or band. Or Pearl Jam. Yeah. I always go to yeah. that one. Well, Pearl Jam I like definitely. Pearl Jam. You like the band uh, name? I like yeah no we all like Pearl Jam but I like the name I think it's I think that, that two, like, two syllable yeah, names right. somebody really told me it was yeah somebody like said that to me and I was like well that's ruined for forever for me like that's right oh, Christ yeah <laughs> that's yeah. real and someone was like no it's just a grandma in a bad position oh, okay basically all of my Pearl was uh, in a jam yeah. uh, wow Pearl. wow Basically, that's a stretch. All of my favorite bands have terrible band names, but except for the Dead Kennedys, that's a really good band name. Yeah, I mean, good like, totally. Like, look at like Arch of Loaf. I adore Arch of Loaf, but I mean, that's not a good band name, really. It, 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 it really isn't. But it, for the people that could get past that and buy into it, you associate right. meaning to it and you you imbue the value with it, right? Is Drive Like Jehu a great band name? I don't know. It's kind of interesting, I guess. But it, until you know it, it isn't. And then afterwards, you're like, oh, yeah, Drive Like Jehu. Awesome. Yeah. I guess you have to right. wonder, though, like, if Arches of Loaf sounded like Led Zeppelin, would they be as famous as Led Zeppelin? Right. You know, and, mm-hmm. and at the same time, period. You know what I mean? So you've were, lost me. <laughs> that's, that's the true experiment. It's like, you take that train, like man. Two bands leave the station with the different names, same <laughs> <laughs> And that's how you got that band with the paragraph-long band name is when they collided yeah. and all the words got jumbled up into the ground. Listen, we're going to do a study. Control group A, control group B. <laughs> <laughs> Give them two years, 400 cans of tuna. Yeah. Minus $800. <laughs> One, one will be given an easy to remember one word band name. One will be given a hair shirt of a band name, and we'll see how they both do. That sounds good. I'm ready. So I, I, I think actually, we're living that experiment right now. Yeah. Well, I actually think how did you get your, your band name is one of the hackiest, dumbest questions ever. But I think it's an interesting band name uh, in, in the fact Thanks. that I'm not going to say objectively whether it's good or bad. I think it's interesting. Uh, I also you can. Think, we know it's the answer. Okay, I'll say objectively. It's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all in on the joke, though. You know, it's like yeah, all yeah. Our, you know. We know it's bad. Our fans know it's bad. Everybody knows it's bad. Our families <laughs> keep telling us it's bad. <laughs> our families tell us it's bad. Actually, my dad will be like, "Oh, I didn't know you was bad." I think my mother literally, my mother literally was like, "It's a very college name." <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, we get shade. Wow. We get shade all over the place. I'm embarrassed to say it to people sometimes. <laughs> I, I'm still thinking about that. It's a very college. Wow, wow. It is. The shade's real. She dragged you. Damn. She did. And me. Not as bad as that, like weird, like Kabbalah meeting your husband book she gave me. So. Still time. There's still time. I mean, I used to like review records like all the time until I stopped doing it. But I used to revel in writing the the very rare bad review when I really hated something. And I wish mm. I'd come up with something that good. That was because that's just like oh, <laughs> ow, ooh. You gotta just yeah. Away in the brain. Yeah. <laughs> I love a bad review. Can we just talk? I think it's really cool that you did write bad reviews because like I don't think anyone writes 
like aside from maybe Pitchfork, like once in a while, like no one's writing reviews anymore. People are paid no, it's, it's to, to write press, and there's no reviewing. Like there's no critique. There's no like this is what's good. This is what's bad. Like people who like this might like this, but people who like this won't like it. Like there's no acknowledgement that there are any flaws in anything. I love a bad review. Give me the bad review. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah because I definitely w- I would lean in. I would like definitely dig dig deep and like here's exactly why this is terrible. Like I would just like right. But you know what they? But what you know? I, I will tell you the result of that is that most of the scenes that would do that for, they'd be like, "We can't run this. They're an advertiser." I'm like, "Oh, right. come on!" Yeah, but I'm so like, many of like terrible. our favorite bands have had like bad reviews, like Led Zeppelin, like Black Sabbath. Like everyone was hated. Like I feel like even the Beatles, aren't they like hated by the critics at some point? Like, remember the review of Spinal Tap, uh, Shark Sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Shit sandwich. <laughs> it almost makes you want to listen to it more. <laughs> Well, yeah, but Rebecca, I think you're on to something with that, that I feel like the current culture is just a regurgitation of the of the press release. Right. Like you aren't getting substantive critiques or anything good or bad, really, that's telling you much of anything of note other than other than like, here's what the press release says. Right. Like, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that's a branch of the music industry that maybe could change with all of this. Like, maybe we could actually write some, like, hear some honest reviews of things. Yeah, like, we're going to go down so hard. Oh, I would, love, <laughs> I would so much rather have somebody tell me that they fucking hated it. Number one, why. terrible band name. Number, Number two, <laughs> she was a hua. It was pretty, pretty, pretty terrible. <laughs> but I mean, Sopranos, for anyone who was even who recognized that uh, comment. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it is something where, yeah, if you, if you stop and think about it, right? How are you ever going to improve if everyone is if everything is awesome or everything is like okay? Right. Like, you know, speaking personally, well, this is a like, way deeper conversation. Oh, <laughs> for ab- our, our generation. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, for sure. But I mean, like you know, you know, from, from my own perspective, I've taken some big swings. I'm like, all right, can't wait to hear about what's how much people hate this one, and then it's just like nothing, and it's like, come on, what do, do I have? <laughs> Like really? Like you got nothing to say on this? Like this is right. I'm like, no, it's fine. Everything's either fine or awesome. And it's like, no, it's okay for you to like dislike things. I dislike things all the time. I just don't really talk about it because it's not what I choose to do. I want to support the things that I love. That's that's something that yeah. I right. like. Well, you can be, you can dislike something and be, can you know, respectful about it. I think there's a difference between like talking shit and giving a valid opinion. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and sometimes Which I think you, is what we're looking for. Sometimes you love something so much that it makes you hate the thing you hate more because you love it so much. You're like, oh, how right. could they? How could they have done this? First of all, how right. you know? Totally. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a tricky thing. Like, you know, if you don't understand the context of where a band's coming from, you're not going to be able to really review them adequately. You know, but I do think if there was a little more, I mean, I'm sure that there's so much that ties into this, like. I'm sure the writers are getting paid shit if they're getting paid at all. And, like, they don't have time to listen to the eight bands that you reference that you yeah. think you sound like. And, like, you know, it's just sort of a vicious cycle. Um, yeah. And if – I'm sure that if more writers were more respected and given more creative authority and they are even allowed to write bad reviews or critical reviews – um, which I'm sure a lot of them aren't, you know, like it's probably just this very yeah. cyclical thing. I mean, when I think about when I when I stopped reviewing stuff, it was like, you know, like what, mid-2000s? It was literally because I was like, oh, I'm not even hearing this anymore. 
And what it was is I gave a negative review to something where it turns out I was like, oh, no, that was, that was awesome. I just wasn't ready to hear it. And because of that, I'm like, I, right. I'm ah. not qualified to do this anymore. Like, I, I don't right. – I shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yo, I hated Lou Reed in ninth grade. And now <laughs> Lou Reed is like my hero of yeah. all time. You know what I mean? I'm like, I knew nothing in ninth grade, which no one does. But at the same time, like, there were other ninth graders who got Lou Reed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I hate Kurt Vile. Anecdotally. And I only you know? like him a little bit more now. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting one for, for me and us uh, in general. Uh, which I was eventually going to turn it back to. So thank you for, do- for taking the time. Oh. <laughs> We don't need to talk about us. Uh, Melvin's is a band that I was not ready for. Like, uh, when I first heard them, I'm, like, a next-level, like, fanatic Dead Kennedys fan. So Mm -hmm. I listen to anything, and specifically also just a Jell-O fan. Like, so um, the dessert, not the singer. Um, I'm just um, (laughs) Anyway, so. A Dear Horse brought to you by (laughs) Jell-O. So I, I bought, like, all of his spoken word albums. I bought all of his collaboration albums. I love the Jello Biafra DOA uh, collaboration. It's one of my favorites. Uh, but I bought the Melvin stuff, and I was like, all right, it's, like, slow? I don't know. Um, I didn't get it. I didn't get it at all. And this was, like, through high school. But I was, like, obsessed with fast music. I don't know. Now look at me. I'm playing in a, in a not-as-fast, not-that-fast band. <laughs> Well, but there's also, yeah, when when you hear something and and what stuff you hear of it as well. With a band like Melvin's that have so many albums and so many eras and epochs and everybody's idea of what, you know, the best record is is going to be different from person to person. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's funny. Go Go ahead. ahead. No, I was just going to say, I've had people that that, that play – that play with us. They're like, "Uh, you know, I I have have something terrible to tell you. I'm like, oh, no, what? I'm like – I'm not a big Melvin's fan. I'm like, oh, that, that's fine. I don't care. That's that's right. Jesus, I thought you were going to tell me like you couldn't do the tour or something. I mean, Christ, you know, like something important. <laughs> um, on the uh, on the flip side, uh, a funny thing that happens, and I'm sure this happens to you, Conan, is when somebody comes up and tells you who they think you sound like. Ah, yes, the Punisher who comes up and like you sound like this, 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 and that. And like what I found my favorite for that. Are the people that, like, literally elbow other people out of the way to tell you this as if, like, they had, like, a, a telegram or something? Oh, my God! <laughs> and then they buy nothing at the merch table. <laughs> nothing! <laughs> Let's just be a PSA to all you fucking punishers. <laughs> buy something. You're going to talk to me for, like, 25 minutes. That's all I'm so, so do you feel that those those folks, those punishers, are... are completely off base that they have like some merit to it and you're just like wish that they would not do that or what's what's the what's the overall what's there, the over under on that there's there's one one comparison that's always off base mm. always Slater Kenny oh come on makes really? no goddamn <laughs> sense <laughs> it drives us I hear it man. Crazy. I hear it bro I hear it I'll tell you all about it after the show <laughs> <laughs> and it's like always guys oh they you all guys think are really the first like one to uh, to to mention I'm sure that like there's another band with two women who play guitar in it like <laughs> like never before seen footage yeah it's absurd but uh, yeah, I've gotten dancing a couple times and I'll take it you know oh Fuck yeah, it. yeah okay. Yeah, okay. sometimes it's they're, they're, the things that people say aren't influences of ours or their bands we have literally never heard never of. heard of. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I had never heard of Drive Like Jehu until people started telling us we sounded like Drive Like Jehu. And now I like that band. Yeah. That band is I'd never heard of the Melvins. I had never heard of, like, I'd never listened to them. I didn't even, like, listen to Noise Rock until we were, like, already playing Noise Rock. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Right. I'd never heard of it. I was just like, our music is loud now. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Which is fine because, I mean, there's certainly enough bands that are, like, the Junior Varsity League helmets out there that are, you know, like, all right, we get it. I know I know you like stuff it on. That's a rough one. That's a rough one. <laughs> the, the, the D-string helmet. Um, that, that's rough. <laughs> Maybe that should be our new band name, D-string helmet. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Let's My do it. Just keeps getting darker and darker. I'm sorry. <laughs> Pay your bills, Angela. I thought you meant the conversation was keep getting darker and darker. That was earlier. The conversation was getting darker and darker. No, see, none of the lights worked in my apartment. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry you have to miss out on this beautiful face. <laughs> well, well, what you brought up, though, about the sweeter kidney <clears throat> thing, that brings up a good point. Dylan, what's it like being a dude in rock? <laughs> I don't know. No one ever asks me because they think I'm just, like, working at the venue. <laughs> Yo, that's because you change your shirt after you play. I stop. You should never I change your shirt. I can't stay in a sweaty shirt all night. Yeah, I have a standard of living I need to maintain. Once you change the shirt, you you disappear into the wall of white men at the show. You know what if I, mean? I don't have the drums with me, no one knows me. Uh, yeah, what men. you need to do is strap them to you and walk around with them. You know. That would work. Or just have an I'm the drummer shirt with an arrow pointing out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like I'm with you Stupid. You should do that. Yeah, yeah. Always yeah. change into. That would be amazing. If that Remember that last band? I'm the drummer. Yeah. I'm that'd, be a, that'd be a good bit, actually. I could see that working. Good. Yeah, Instead yeah. of who are you here to see? Yeah, I'll be at the merch table. People will be like, bro, that band killed. <laughs> you selling their merch? <laughs> yeah. <I'm> like, <laughs> And then oh, you're I've like, heard of them. you're like, do I say something here or like, what's the, what's the, what's the? Sometimes move? I just let it slide because I just don't feel like talking to someone. Yeah. Well, you know, you're missing out some compelling conversations. So. Uh, though there's also the the time the occasional time where somebody's like that band sucks and Dylan's like. <laughs> Rough. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, playing in a band, I don't know, with, like, what, what was the question, with two women, or was that the question? Yeah, 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 well, it, was, it was a facetious question, because it was like, the, it, it was a takeoff on the, what's it like being a woman in rock, and it was, what's it like being a man in rock, and... Thanks for not asking us that question, oh, It's a dumb question, I hate it, I despise it, it's hacky, terrible, and I'm awful. like, what's it like having a body, yeah. <laughs> like, and getting up and doing that thing that you do every day? Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. it's the same as it is for you. Yeah, it's like, same stuff, I don't know. Except different. people don't ask you that fucking question. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, the, 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 real, the real question, of course, would be, uh, the band gets a lot of comparisons to, to bands that maybe you don't necessarily sound anything like, and it's mostly because, like, oh, there's ladies in this band. And that can be troublesome, that can be obnoxious, it's unfair, uh, have you ever had anyone that was kind of like, oh, huh, okay, where it was actually, you know, whether it was intended or not, complimentary rather than just dismissive and based on gender and appearance? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, the most, that's most common. Like, people are generally really cool. I mean, most of the shows we've been playing, like, that we used to play a lot more shows, like, that were really, they ran the gamut genre-wise, but we've honed in a little more on playing 
like contextually like there might be different types of heavy rock but a lot of times it'll be like you know different it types of like rock that's so, your niche. yeah yeah right so it's not like a surprise and then people are normally stoked and then they are very nice about it it's not all douchebags but and i don't actually think that most people are douchebags i think that many people like walk themselves into a corner when they're talking to you about playing music yeah. this happened to angela like so many times she's laughing like they'll just like go down there yeah they're just digging a hole for themselves like, yeah. and then they're like yeah they're like i'm not just saying this because you're a woman like that's when you stop talking like, like well, that's okay. when you stop but they just keep going like you know? yeah you almost need the <laughs> you know, like the, the alarm yeah. bell but it's I cool, and I think, like, those. what's that? Yeah, you've had so many of those. But, yeah, yeah. no, it's also cool that there are a lot of, like, women who have been coming to the shows and get it and get the context, too, and it's not just, like, you know, a mystery. Like, yeah, people have been cool about it, so, you know, well, well, where, it's all relative. So so where musically was everything coming from originally? Like, there, I mean, I'm sure there wasn't, like, oh, let's sound like this band sort of mindset when the band started, but, you know, what was the original – Influence like, led everything. Really obscure band. I don't know if you've heard of them. If they're called the Beatles, <laughs> you've probably never heard of them. Only the Pete yeah. Best stuff, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think we just have like a Venn diagram of like yeah. all three of us, where it's like there's some bands, there's a select few bands that we all are into. Like I don't know, like Queens of Stone Age. Uh, like maybe not we're all not into equally, but that we all like. Yeah. You know, like Queen's right. Stone Age, like Alice in Chains. David Bowie. Yeah, like the Beatles is one of those bands. Yeah, the Beatles is one of those bands. That one Metallica album from the movie. Yeah, Angela doesn't change the CDs in the car ever, so just tell us what's in there, and that's it. And then there's like obviously like. The further out we go into each of our spheres, it's going to be bringing in your okay. individual influences, sure. Yeah, which is right. typical in most bands, but more felt more, uh, much more in this band because we all kind of split, you know, we all collaborate quite kind of equally. The interesting thing is, like, sometimes we'll be, uh, you know, off writing a song, um, and, uh, um, you know, maybe sometimes it'll, like, I'll have, like, sort of an idea of how, like, I think it'll sound like I'll have a reference point for the song. Um, and then like Rebecca or Dylan uh, will uh, like not be following or like vice versa, you know? And, um, uh, you know, it'll usually be a cue for whoever that person is, uh, you know, whoever's not getting it. Um, it'll be the cue for, for us to bring out that reference point. Um, and it just sort of like helps like anchor uh, the songwriting process. It gives me somewhere to like, you know, go from jump off from, because like, we can't always see into each other's brains, especially like when it comes with uh, uh, the the whole like Venn diagram uh, talk that we were talking about. Like um, some of the things that we have as internal reference points. Um, uh, occasionally, I just take for granted that like Dylan or Rebecca have no idea about this one band that I know about from Dallas, Texas, who was right. like really dope, like in 2007, you know, like in yeah. a hardcore scene, like they don't know, they don't fucking know damage case, you know, like yeah, I better play right. them. And they, and they have no reason to, sure. Yeah. That's, I mean, right. so with that, with that shorthand, when you are writing songs, are there, what, what have been the, the greatest, like, oh yeah, that's exactly the thing, like rather than like the, hmm, 
No, not that either. We or- just jam it out. I mean, yeah. yeah, everything we've done, like, in the last few years has just been done by jamming, recording the jams. Like, Dylan records all the rehearsals and the jams and then uploads them, and then we listen to them, and then we pick what worked, and then we go back. So it's like when we're actually in the thick of writing this song, it's really just like uh, we just experiment until we find the song. And then we, like, it's, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you bring out songs as reference points and we play them for each other. But, I like, I got to say, I think when I do that, a lot of times, like, they, that's when they don't work. You know, because it's like I'm trying to make that song like a daughter song or something. You know what I mean? And it's like if I just actually like, you know, if we all sort of like we've done this with a few songs, actually, we've like completely stripped them apart after we've been playing them out and then just rewritten them. And it's always better when you rewrite it because it's like, oh, no, this is like what that song was trying to be, not like what we were trying to make it based on a reference point of what we thought sounded cool because it's just like that's just not that song that song is a different thing and like i think that that's a huge challenge but we we used to like throw away songs after we like worked on them for a while and then couldn't couldn't figure them out and hit a wall and like i hope we can do this again after the pandemic but like we had sort of reached this point where we could like stop playing the song for a minute and then completely rewrite it and then figure it out but i mean you just there are so many different hurdles in songwriting it's like it's there are a million like i'm sure dylan can speak to this too i just like because dylan's like often like the key like arranger i'd say for our songs um yeah uh, you can take the floor if you want dylan <laughs> the conk is yours yeah. i don't know i think you said it pretty well yeah <laughs> unless there's any like direct questions about it but well well i mean and obviously it's, this is a very freeform show so it's fine but talk to me about the right. the song that came out in february the, the what if i was it's a little bit of a i wouldn't say departure exactly but it's on the mellower side right you know yeah i mean that song was actually like our an old song like years ago like i wrote that at home and then brought that in and then we like arranged it a bit and like obviously like brought out the heaviness at the end of it um and then we finally recorded it at um silver chord like a year or two ago with the gojira engineers um and uh with jamie and johan and like it sort of breathed new life into it was it you know it that was a song that did evolve like it wasn't it was like a songwriter song, but it evolved into being like a real band song. But now we really write together. Like, you know, we'll bring in stuff sometimes, but the, I'd say like the vast majority of the songs are like songs that we jam on and then write in the room. So that's changed. Yeah, yeah. I think I think what we I think what I think I've we found I think just through trial and error is that we have a hard time. And Angela kind of touched on this: is that we have a we have a hard time communicating verbally the exact well i think both of you touched on this but we have a hard time like communicating verbally what we're looking for like within that venn di- diagram that we talked about but the best way we can do it is through musical communication which is why recording the jams becomes so essential because and listening to them as well yeah so we kind of treat <laughs> yeah. them like for a like, just because they're recorded don't assume anyone's listening right. to them yeah so it's like you know Crazy. all of us are expected to listen to them and come back with notes like game tape, like if this was like yeah. a professional football team or something, you know, um, and just because if that's the most effective way that we can communicate, then we have to be literate in that form of communication and uh, be able to come back and discuss like that feeling, that moment. Can we piece string all these moments together or do we want to just take like four of them and run with those and then that'll, you know, leapfrog into other ideas. Right. As a construct on its own. So then, talk to me about uh, the EP. 
last year was it everything everything rots that is rotten right that was uh, in june yeah mm-hmm. talk to me about the the the, the conception <clears throat> and recording of of that one that was a uh, that was the one that i first kind of came to know you guys from um actually it was supposed to be an album um <laughs> okay but- all right we, we met, uh, we went into Silvercord, the Gojira studio, uh, and um, we uh, uh, recorded enough songs. Um, six, to, yeah, six songs. Uh, we recorded six songs at, with the idea that we were going to record uh, four more. Um, and, uh, um, you know, it just, it was kind of one of those things where we recorded the songs, um, uh, and then it was, uh, it was getting to be too long, and we were like, let's just release it. Um, so we released it as an EP. Um, and then, uh, the two other songs that came out after it as singles. Oh, the one that came out in like October or whatever. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Wars. And then what if I was the most recent one? Um, all of those songs were supposed to be on the same album. Um, but we decided to release them piecemeal. Um, uh, because the business side <laughs> of music doesn't favor our band. <laughs> anyway, I'm a professional musician, did you hear me sing? Anyway, oh, yeah. um, um, Very good. but uh, <laughs> thanks. Um, but yeah, like, so you know, I think everything Rot said is rotten. Um, those four songs really fit together well. Um, definitely, like, it's got it's got a unified sound, it's got a unified feel, and you know, you're not left at the end of it being like. You know, oh, this is good. When's it going to be over? Which is yeah. also good. <laughs> I think it was like also we were just maturing beyond those songs, and yeah. I think we all realize that. And we're like, these songs don't even really represent us anymore, as well as they could. You know, we want, and that's what where this new album was going to come in and, and fill that void. Like we've never released an album, considering how much we've toured, other than these EPs. Definitely, it's it, well, and it's it's. There's no right way to do anything, right? There's no, yeah, totally. And, uh, and and I think part of that was navigating towards figuring out like who we are, like what is it, what is an a deer horse, what does a deer horse album sound like? And getting to that point took a while, and and now we think we feel like we have something that's like a co- cohesive like collection of songs, like a time capsule of like our grinding on the road and just like grinding in the studio and just like where we've come and and we just want to get it out there you know and and the EP was kind of the same thing it was a time ca- and the, it was a time capsule of who we once were and that's and that represent and that's why i think we all feel like while we're proud of that work it's it's not the most present representation of us yeah you know? so we're that's why we're so eager to get stuff out there well totally and so then what did you find? Like, what was the discovery process like? What did you find that you did well? What did you find that you were like, well, okay, not so much with that. <laughs> like, what What was that process? We, I think we found, like, just through playing out so much and just, and even just listening back to that record, that, like, we wanted to really focus on the song in this album coming up and, like, not add unnecessary changes stops like things that are getting in the way of like the flow of the song and like we do like to do the weird thing but i think that we used to like to do the weird thing sometimes too much like to they got it it got in the way of like just really being able to nod your head the entire song and like get into it so we just sort of tried to simplify things i mean the songs are still weird and they're still loud and they're still dynamic 
but we really wanted it to be more focused. And I think that everything we did in that, in those writing sessions, like, which was a lot of writing, like, you know, three, four hours a night, like three, four days a week for a long time. Um, we just wanted to get to the heart of the songs and yeah, just not overcomplicate things. It's just unnecessary, you know? Yeah, it kills the flow, especially when we're playing live so much, you know, you see the reaction of people right in front of you. And, yeah. uh, Right, good, you know, or good or ba- good, bad or indifferent, like you. Yeah, and there are plenty right. of songs that make you feel a thousand, you know, a, a different emotions, and but like for us, I guess we just wanted to really every song to capture a different kind of feeling and different mm-hmm. moment, you know. And uh, I think we, you know, when that was part of the maturing process, like Rebecca's saying, is like not, uh, not you know, just because you have. Like just because you're at a buffet doesn't need you need to get every single piece of food. You, know what I mean? you don't need kale on everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's just kind of like focusing on the what we're you know the best of each song and uh, really making sure that's put across to the listener because that's you know that really when especially live because like we've just le- we learned so much about our songs on the road mm. and there's nothing worse when you're like oh yeah here comes that part. Yeah. And then no one reacts to it, and then no one reacts to it the next night, and the next night, right. and, and you're like, hmm. "We got to change that part." Yeah, maybe, sometimes maybe this we isn't know, as like, awesome as we thought it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like maybe somewhere, you know, if we ever get to the point where people actually care about us, you know, someone could like review our uh, our 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 shows and be like, "That's the only time they played that song that one way," because the next show they played it a different way, and the next week they played it a different way, and then finally it was recorded this way because they obviously realized that was not didn't work yeah it's funny i just uh was going through some of so my dad is a videographer so he videos our shows whenever he goes to them um and uh he i realized that i had never put up the full performance of our south by southwest show last year um so i put it up on youtube um and i was watching it and I realized that two of the songs in that set um, are two of the songs that are going to be on the upcoming album, uh, and they sound completely different now. Oh, interesting. Um, You've reworked them since then. Yeah, oh, completely yeah. different. Um, I, and uh, I almost felt weird writing the, those names for those songs. <laughs> right. I know those names to go with different sounding songs, right. you know? But at, at their heart, heart that, those were the first iterations of those songs, you know. Um, but I, they're much better now, you know. <laughs> well, sure. And, and something that initially, when I first heard you, it was definitely, okay, this man has come from a noise rock place, but there's definitely songs here. And, and I've, I've we talk often about how they're sort of in, in that genre, there are song bands and there are sound bands. Mm. <laughs> like there's some bands that, and they're they're great, but they just you know the songs you, you could swap one with another, and you wouldn't even really notice the difference. But you guys are definitely a song band. Thanks. Uh, but but then, which is good, and it's it is meant as a compliment. But the the way the songs can change, uh, you know, where where do you divide the line? Like, how do you decide how much it can push this way? How do you find like, oh, it was always meant to be this way, or this it's song, usually- you know. It, it really is usually, like Dylan said, like, we'll start playing it live and we'll notice, like, what is working and what is not. And what, what yeah, yeah. 
And, um, so, you know, then there's also just that je ne sais quoi, like, you, you know, we just, <laughs> you know, we just know, I don't know, you know, you, I mean, you know, like, I, I, like when a song is done, when it feels done, you know, when it feels right. correct, um, whatever that may be. And like, it, sometimes it's really hard to admit when, especially when you have like reached a certain point of like feeling complete with the song, um, it's really hard to admit that like the song needs a total overhaul. Like that's that's the role I fill in the band is being really. <laughs> what would you call that job? Like what 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 would that role? What would the name of that job be? Resting sad face. <laughs> yeah, it is sad. It is sad, but then it all it always gets better eventually, you know. But it's hard to let that shit go. But but I think we've gotten better at being less attached in general yeah, because, because there's like so many times you're like man that drum part or whatever is so cool i just like i want to make sure that's in there no matter what and eventually it's like either you'd let go of that drum part or whatever part or this song is gonna suck yeah right and so you have to it, it's, it's it's putting the the band in, in front of yourself a lot of the time well good parts and don't make the, good songs yeah and you have to be critical right. not always critical of ourselves that's that's why we record every show and listen to every show and you know as we should as i think you know as i think and i think rebecca and angela think that we should be you know that's uh, the whole process of getting better if you just you know very few people can just like wake up and like spew out an amazing album you have to grind at it you know and just get better and better and better so the the, the decision what was the decision to make the the EP and EP then like what what was what was driving that do you just feel like the material wasn't there did not like fit thematically well together uh, I think we were just um, it, it reflected like a, like what Dylan said like a past time like a time capsule of our band in sort of a um, transitional phase like going from like me writing a lot of songs at home and bringing them in to like us writing everything together Angelo's yeah. in the room and then Angelo is starting to write a lot of songs so now we're kind of like half and half singers and it just represented like a other iteration of the band um but we were still really proud of the music it was just like we also were touring so consistently that you know you want to have something to release for the tour so we figured if we put it out all right. at once <laughs> that's only going to last you for one tour but if you can make stretch that a little bit and keep people interested and obviously there's like the 24 hour shit cycle so it's nice to have some new stuff to put out every couple months just to keep people engaged and it was just like a more strategic decision it wasn't you know, and we were writing that whole time. It wasn't like we stopped writing. And, you know, we never, like, are recording and, like, you know, not writing. We're always writing up until we record. And then when we get back from tour, we're just, or whatever, we're just writing again. So, yeah. Um, like, I mean, the other day when Dylan and I jammed, like, I had some lyric ideas. Like, you know, we're not even done with this other album. And, like, mm -hmm. we're all like, starting to work on new music, you know, like, um, mm -hmm. Uh, because it's uh, it's so fun, you know. It's fun, it's fun and frustrating, but that's what that's what it is, you know. That's what music is. Um, but yeah, like uh, you know, like where Becca was saying, like the decision to release it as an EP and those subsequent singles afterwards um, uh, was more strategic. Uh, but like, unfortunately, like that's like kind of the position we're in, like as a band, you know, like. Uh, we can't just release things for the 
um, you know, at this juncture. So, um, though we would love to be there. Well, and there, there's a, there, yeah, there's a break point for it too. Like you don't want to overglut everybody with the, with the new things as well, or people won't have a chance to catch up. Uh, but there, I think there's right. a sweet spot for it for sure. Yeah. Uh, so tell me about the EP before that, because that was there was one a couple years. Oh before gosh, that. yeah. <laughs> I do like think. Uh, I don't even remember what that was. Like, was. <laughs> that was the same thing. It was just like, you know, we had stopped playing a couple of those songs live before that thing was even released. Yeah. And because of the very reasons we're saying, it's just we had outgrown them. We knew it was no longer our best material, and so we're like, we need this to be put out there. And then we went up to the next, you know, and then over time, we went to the next EP, and then over time, we're going to go to the album. And, you know, just kind of that process of just, you know, shedding the skin, and the skin happens to be an album or an EP. A metamorphosis. <laughs> Angela, <laughs> with the nature, with nature metaphors. So are there some songs that, you know, you, you've been like, oh, no, we're keeping that in the set. That's a Stone Ripper. I like playing that one. That one still works. Like, what, what? Where, where do you have the dividing line of, like, leaving things behind as, as a chrysalis, perhaps, just to continue that metaphor? Uh, and where do you have it, you know, thinking in terms of being, like, a catalog band and having a, a certain coterie of songs that, you know, do certain things and you can use within a set? Yeah, I think you hit it right there. So it's like, can you use it? And uh, that's kind of the way we approach it is, like, is it good? <laughs> and does do people enjoy it? Because like we're not even at the point yet where we have like a catalog, you know, you know that those are days way ahead of us. But uh, there are, you know, standouts from our previous releases that we like to keep playing because they feel great. The crowd loves them, and you know, people expect you to play songs that have been released as well. You know, but a lot of the times, yeah. like on this past tour, if we would play seven songs in a night, only two would be released. Partly because we needed to prepare them for the studio, but also because we can play something you've heard already on online, or you can play something that you haven't, but is going to make you feel better live. Right, right. Well, and, then, and that's where yeah. the the band audience relationship, you have to have the trust in the band that they're going to be playing the best stuff and put on the best show, right? Yeah, and we're so new, it's like, well, we're not new, yeah. but we're so, like, we have so little released music that... Who's gonna Who's gonna know? Who's gonna know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's all about the flow of the set. It's like coming in hard, you know. If it's that kind of a show, or like once in a while, you come in a little bit softer if it's the appropriate show. But most of the time, we start like super high energy. It's just like anything, like a movie. Like it starts at a certain point, it dips or it goes up, and then you know, like there's a flow until the end, and you want to end with a bang. But um, we play short sets, so you know. For I mean, I'm sure like most noise rock bands play kind of short sets like you want to play 25 30 minutes um you and want to leave anything more you know unless yeah yeah every note exactly right right we don't want to overplay so we normally keep it like six seven songs maybe sometimes five if there's like a bunch of bands on a bill and just like pick what works the best it's not always like our favorite songs it's just like the songs that we know function at the point that they are in the set and like with tuning and all that bullshit, you know? <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the care and maintenance part of the set. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. It's such a it's a bummer that some of our songs that would actually normally sound really awesome next to each other can't happen next to each other because there would be a very long tuning break for one of me and Rebecca to like go from one tuning to another or something oh, like yeah. that. That's a momentum killer, but <laughs> right. Drum solo. Like, one day when we have a guitar tech, you know, and more than one guitar on, you know, someone gets you the guitar up. like, uh, yeah, that would like be a, amazing. Like in Cheap Trick or something, like, oh, it's this one, right? <laughs> Here's the one you. Oh yeah. no, if we were in Cheap Trick. We would just have like a neck full, oh, like, yeah. like <laughs> necks, and we would just go from one neck to the next. Yo, yeah, I should just get a double neck guitar and like one's in Dad Gad and one's in Standard, and then I never <laughs> have to change. Secret tunings to everyone. <laughs> Yeah, top secret. You can also make it a shtick. Actually, Man or Astro Man, for one of their tours, they had one of those guitars. It was a guitar and a bass. And for, like, one of the songs, like, one guy came over and, like, put his arm through. Like, you know, when you were like, I'm making you a puppet. Uh, For those listening to the podcast, I'm doing the I'm making you a puppet hand-waving around motion. Uh, (laughs) But then, like, they were both playing at the same time. Like, one was playing the bass, one was playing the guitar, which is like, that is a justification of of being able to uh, use a double necked instrument like that, it was great. It was awesome because you're like, what what what's going on? Like, what are they doing? Like, oh, they're both playing this that. ridiculous thing and making it a you know making it cool or if not cool, at least entertaining. <laughs> One day, Dylan, that'll be you with like your weird synths and your drums. Yeah, Dylan uh, wants to be a, a synth daddy um, <laughs> behind the drums. Not anymore. <laughs> now that you said it aloud, it's ruined. <laughs> so, so some something that uh, I've been doing when I have bands on is, and we've talked a little bit about tour, is just talking about best tour experiences and worst tour experiences. It's kind of going through oh. and like hitting everyone's high notes and low notes, uh, and just kind of getting getting into that and getting everyone's perspective. And if uh, Dylan, I know you got to go uh, pretty soon, but I, I want to. I want to kind of do that with you if you're game, and uh, let's go ahead. We'll we'll start. Angela, you came in last, so we'll start with you. Uh, oh no! <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Best touring experiences uh, or worst touring experiences. So start off with we're going to do the bad ones first, then we'll do the the the, the best. Oh, ones. so okay. we're going to okay. we're going to do round of worst ones and then round of best ones. So you got some time to think about it, but. Okay, uh, let's see. Worst, worst, worst. Um, I mean, I, I guess there, there was a show in San Antonio that we played um, that uh, the, the first band um, was supposed to be a band, um, and uh, the person who was in this band just showed up alone. <laughs> um, and I booked the show. I booked the show, and, like, this dude just showed up alone, and oh, you booked the show? I thought it was me. Um, well, never mind. Um, anyway, uh, but this dude just showed up alone. And he was supposed to be in a band, um, and uh, and we were like, "Where's your band?" Uh, and he's like, uh, "Oh yeah, I thought I'd just do it solo tonight," but he didn't tell anybody. Brother. Um, and uh, <laughs> brother, um, and uh, you know. And he, there were actually people in the club that wanted to see the show, yeah. um, and uh, and uh, yeah, they he cleared out the room 
he really cleared out the room. That was a really, really rough one. And the worst was um, uh, I was super starstruck um, because uh, one of the guys from the Hickoids was doing our sound. Um, and I was, I'm from Texas, and, like, my dad was, like, in into, like, that scene of things, like, back in the day. So, like, I've been aware of the Hickoids for a while. Um, and, uh, and I was like really, really starstruck and then everybody left and then it was like basically just us and him and like one of the other bands and I was like, okay. Harsh too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this is really miss, making me miss touring. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we're, we're here to cure the, uh, the missing the tour. The worst month that happened on the last tour, maybe one of you guys will say it. What was it? Was uh, it the Arizona. Bed Bug House? I don't even remember Arizona. It was not even a real, I just like black everything out. It's like I just deleted my memory. Redacted. (laughs) (laughs) What is that city in Arizona that's the worst? I can't remember. You're going to be way more specific. Well, (laughs) Phoenix, you think Phoenix is the worst? Was that the bad one? I don't think we've ever had a good show in Arizona. Period. Yeah, Arizona is the, is the Florida of the American Southwest. So, I mean, <laughs> damn, way. true. Well said, friend. Uh, well, Dylan, why don't you? What's the worst experience that comes to mind for you? Worst show, or just like worst experience? Most entertaining thing to tell on my show that is, is was bad. Oh God, I don't so know. My memory is so bad with this stuff. Um, Dylan also can't remember guys' names in any band. <laughs> oh, no What's the point? It's like you have your own – you have this syndrome that other people have towards you. You know what I mean? Like they can't remember you, but you can't remember them either. It's all relative, man. <laughs> it's like usually assured memory failure. Yeah. yeah, I think that the worst is like what do we do? What was that one with uh, – oh, yeah, the – like. Fuck, what was it? Where was it? The video game? I think it was Phoenix. Uh, yes, that was what I was talking about. That was so uh, Oh, bad. yeah. We played like a video, a bar, like a, a video game bar. And it was, wasn't it like freezing on stage? And it was and, Tuesday. And it was Tuesday. And, and no the monitors broke. Or oh, no, yeah. the speakers broke. The speakers and, broke. Yeah, yeah. And the band, of course, like one of the bands was like, oh, bro, we got to work in the morning. We got to go second. And uh, for the five people that were there, they watched this band play way too long. And then all everyone left. Everyone left, of course. And uh, and then we we finally get up to play. And the the monitors and the whole PA starts to break down. And we're like, (laughs) and we can just get the fuck out of here. Yeah, we were like, maybe we can not play. That would be awesome. Yeah, because we just wanted to leave because we had to drive. Somewhere far the next day. Dallas. To Dallas. Ooh. Dallas. Yeah, it was far. It was a really far drive. Oh, it's no, the, it was Albuquerque. My bad. Oh, okay. Al- Albuquerque's not bad. You, you, yeah, you lose time. But yeah, yeah, it was just a brutal show. I think just the yeah worst for me. I think is just the sleep deprivation. Just like I work full time on the road. Like yeah, and uh, yeah, having to drive, work, play the drums. You know, I'm also a lot of the time as the lead person at the shows, like because we all split the booking, and, uh, and just having to load stuff and, and all that. Yeah, and just having to do all that, you know, it, it wears down after a month. You know, wears down on you like would anyone. 
but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think I've redacted most of the bad memories. <laughs> what ma- what manner of work do you do? I was people like, believe it or not, people find that interesting to listen to the show. So oh, I work for, for a software company. Not interesting. Yeah, joyful. Do you have to? Are you are you on the hunt for the Wi-Fi? You're like, hey, what's the Wi-Fi password here? Like, is that like? Uh, yeah. Sometimes they're just hot spotting it. You know, a lot of we get a lot of work done on the road. Like, yeah. like we should rename our band literally hot on the road. Hotspot. Oh, that's like I, I can't, we do like most of our work at like eighty miles an hour. That that sounds that sounds like an electro flash man. I mean, I mean, full disclosure, like my day job when I'm when I'm not doing this or when you're trying to seek your friends, I'm a network engineer, and one of the advantages to it is you can do it literally from anywhere. So I'm very I'm very mm-hmm. familiar with the. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, fixing I think stuff. Most working musicians these days have speed. to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like barreling yeah. down like Missouri freeways or something. Yeah. Right. Uh, but back to the subject at hand, uh, Rebecca. Oh, man, I've had a lot of time to think about this. You'd think I'd be more prepared, <laughs> but I'm fucking It never not. worked out that uh, way. <laughs> I think that th- we have to go with the bed bug house. Was it in Michigan? I can't remember. It was like a, it was a house. It was a house show. What is, where was Indianapolis. it? Indianapolis. Oh, Indianapolis. Not good. So it was nice a, it people. Was a, though. Nice people. I want to say nice people, but like there was a mattress outside. And then we found out that they had recently had bed bugs. And then it was like, you know, we're from New York, so you can't say that. Like, yeah. you could say anything else. You could be like, someone died in there, in the and there's piss everywhere, <laughs> and yeah, there's yeah, whatever. blood on the sink. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, like, there's yeah. clear, like, I don't care. Like, I'll play literally any. Oh, I just remember the other place where we slept in, like, the flop house. That's another really bad one. That was Michigan. But this one was in Indianapolis. And, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we just ended up, it was like the most, par- like, we almost didn't play the show, too, which I don't know. I would like, a, like, a a survey of other bands, like, when you've just, like, what's the tipping point where you don't oh, right. play the show? You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Like, like no, I, don't, no, I don't think we've ever done it, but we've come so close, and that was one of them, because, like, I have, like, PTSD from, like, I mean, it's not, whatever, it's probably not real PTSD, I don't want to, you know, demean real PTSD, but bedbugs are fucking terrible and they take over your life and your psyche and your time and your money and we just could not so dylan actually left the show to go buy like alcohol to then wipe down all of our gear right before right. Well, we put it back in the van like take them on tour with you and right and, oh yeah home. can you imagine giving <laughs> bedbugs to every single place you crash oh yeah these, like, a deer a horse oh, like, they were great but they brought bedbugs with them yeah i mean come on <laughs> yeah. that's I mean, that would be, like, the blacklist of DIY. Like, yeah. it was more, yeah. So that was bad, just because the anxiety. I mean, it was just, like, a house show. It wasn't, like, a bad show. The bands were pretty good, but it was just, like, terrifying. Um, yeah. That's yeah, probably a, not that good. A, that was very, that was a, that was a extremely low stressful one for, for all of us. <laughs> yeah, we, we, have, we have that as part of the check process is the, the lift the mattress and, like, okay. Let's check it out. Let's get. Oh, let's oh get yeah, we, oh, we we found a porno underneath the mattress yeah. at one of our hotels in Bakersfield or close to Bakersfield. I was gonna say, was this in 1965? I mean, yeah. yo, yeah, there was actually like a feces smell in one room, so we oh. got a different room. And then the second room, there was porn. It was pretty legit. If you've ever been thinking about being in a band, like, you know, now we've discouraged you, I think, by this point in the interview process. Nah, everyone, everyone that listens to this is, is usually, a, for the most part, a fellow traveler, or at least interested. Do you think that was Bakerfield, by the way? 
Yeah, yeah I was outside of Bakersfield. Yeah, I'm from, oh. I, I don't claim it, I'm from Oakland, but uh, I grew up in okay. a town called Modesto, California, which is uh, oh, yeah. in the Central Valley, so unfortunately. I'm, I think there were probably crop circles. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- there's certainly a resting state of despair that is in the southern part of the Central Valley, that's for sure. Damn. It's like instead of resting bitch face, resting, resting despair face. <laughs> Maybe that's our brand name, resting <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. You could do worse. It's pretty good. Uh, it's a, it kind of reminds me of like of Autumn to Ashes or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, resting yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it should be it's not good. playing with some other emo bands like Copper Press is coming yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so that brings it around to best times on tour or, or, or good tour stories. And we'll, we'll again start from the beginning. Uh, Angela, you're up. I'm going to steal it, you guys. The show. Oh, the show. In Painesville, Ohio, was the sickest show ever. So it was the six-year anniversary of uh, this used-to-be auto body shop turned DIY venue um, called The Shop. Uh, and uh, I got a recommendation because I was having a really, really hard time. We had to, like, switch gears last minute. Like, one city, like, fell through or something. And uh, so I was looking at Cleveland. And then somebody else was like, uh, FYI, check the shop in Painesville, Ohio. And I was like, is this even real? Um, <laughs> Painesville sounds like a made-up city. I know it is not, but it sounds like, you know, like, oh, yeah, Painesville, Ohio. Sure, whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah, right? And so we showed up, and this is how you know it was going to be an amazing show. The first thing that the dude said that uh, who booked us at the place, he was like, let me pay you your money now before I get too drunk and forget to give it to you. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that already off to a great start. Another guy was wearing like uh, like a donut onesie. Like it was like a onesie, but like with donuts on it. And that inspired me to put on one of my uh, like onesies um, that I frequently wear. Anyway, so like uh, – um, there were fireworks at the show in the mosh pit. Um, one of them hit me in the hand while we were playing. Um, Ooh, that's we sold so much fucking merch. And then the band that played after us, uh, they had a whole production. Um, they brought out a kiddie pool, um, and uh, they like brought out one of their friends, put uh, stripped him down, and then made an ice cream sundae out of him. And wasn't he, he was like wearing like a, an ice cream cone outfit, yeah. right? As like and a like a thong. Piece, but it was like huge. Um, it was insanely amazing. Um, it sounds yeah, like a tour's we, worth of experience in a single night. Oh, yeah. it's so beautiful. It's the best show of all time. Like, I just couldn't believe we made a ton of money. The crowd was amazing. And just hilarious. There and we could have died, and we didn't. So there was a there was a uh, silver lining to the uh, all, all the weirdness. There was it was the good kind of weirdness. Was... There's something in the water in Ohio. We just you know it, Brainiac, yep. Ohio, Devo, Ohio, the Pretender, Ohio, Pure Ubu. Oh, we open we open for them. That could be one of our good shows. That could, that could be. <laughs> well, 
do you want to do you want to jump the line, Rebecca? Or I guess Dylan would be up if we. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I mean, yeah, it could be. That was a great fucking show. Whatever. I was terrified. I think we played at like six thirty p.m. Can we talk about how you're just not even prepared to play a show at six thirty p.m. Yeah. Like mentally, like your brain is like still like at work at that point, you yeah. know. Uh, and uh, but no, it's really cool. Like it was the only show where I think we played that early, and people are like at the front of the stage before you play like looking at your pedals at like 6 15 right and i was absolutely terrified the entire show you this is how you know somebody's looking at your pedals they're like uh for those of of you hearing this it's just angela raising her eyebrows and like bending over silently (laughs) getting way too close to you (laughs) really close but they are too embarrassed to somehow ask you about your pedals but they don't mind like looking at them talking about them with the guy next to them and then like taking photos of them yeah. but they won't just be like hey person up here that i'm yeah, like what, in what, your space yeah <laughs> the last the last time i saw that was when we played the tropical fuck storm and there's there was an, uh, enough pedal peepers oh, cool. that were totally um they were like pedal peepers they, they were the my pan <laughs> like uh, the kids in the hall sketch my pan my pan they were all like that guys and it was like okay <laughs> This guy is definitely going to cool. want to talk about guitar pedals after we get off stage. <laughs> Just be prepared yeah. for that. No, that <laughs> – yeah, that – I mean, yeah, it wasn't that bad. But it was really nice. It was, like, a, it was maybe one of the first times that it happened and, like, in terms of it being, like, total strangers. Yeah. And, uh, and LPR is an amazing venue in New York. Shout out to LPR. They're doing yes. a fundraiser right now. Le Poisson Rouge. They are, like – only truly independent music venue left in Manhattan. And, uh, yeah, they had us open for Perubu, and, like, obviously Perubu was amazing. Like, my um, old uh, How was guitar... How Oh, incredible! Just, like, You're such so a character. He, like, they, they like, uh, <laughs> at a certain point were, like, the backstage area is just for him. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you can't go back. Like, they, they're really good to us. Like, they it's, fed it's us. It's just like, for Dave Thomas drinks. and his mood swings. Yeah, right? yeah. But at a certain moment, they were like, now everyone leave. It's only for Dave, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he was super nice. And I think maybe, like, is his wife's his manager or something? She was really cool. And the whole band was great. My old guitar teacher was actually their, is their bass player, like, their current bass player. And, like, we hadn't seen each other since she was my guitar teacher, like, Oh, wow. I don't know, like, cool. almost 10 years ago yeah. or something. Yeah, she's super cool. And we just, like, had that moment where, like, she remembered me. And I was like, holy shit, this is, like, such a cool, like coming of age moment you know and uh and then they had their original bass player play as well um so uh tony my mom my i don't i'm gonna say it wrong it's like my mom my monet i don't know um and uh and michelle temple is the other one so it was a great show they played an exceptional set and it was just so inspiring yeah Yeah, i cried cried. So then, that, that Dylan, you'd be up, and I know you, you, gotta, you gotta bail pretty soon. I know, so this can be the yeah, last they one. Took, both of them took pretty good ones. Painesville was probably my number one that I can remember. Um, what about like a big biz show in Boston or something? What yeah, the big business shows. I think the one at, like, but they're not really like two. Leading the witness. Like, <laughs> yeah, like the big I'm business sorry. we played at St. Vitus. Like the, the, oh, the yeah. St. Vitus shows we played with big misses was was really sick. It's just there's nothing like playing to like a full room. Which is not a luxury we enjoy. I recommend playing a full room (laughs) more than playing empty rooms. But but, uh, yeah, there's just nothing like it. And when you, that's when you really feel like, fuck, this is why I do this. You know, Bambara Rough Trade with Oh, Bambara with Rough Trade. Yeah, those are all great shows. And just when you just feel like, you know, this, you're reminded why you do it. Right. 
You're like, this is how it could feel if we were. <laughs> yeah, if I wrote better songs than what we were in a band called the Bureau Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> like you're playing. God damn it. Like you're playing with like minded individuals. You're playing to a receptive Yeah, and the crowd's crowd. super yeah. annoying. You're playing and, well. Uh, sounds good. Not playing right. the house drum set. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's set yeah. up in a way that Opening it really for, is. <laughs> right. Opening for Big Visit Vitus, I think you're right. I think that the night with Part Chimp might have been like the best show ever. Like, that was just like the bill. coolest yeah. show in the fucking yeah, world. So. Yeah. We were out of our league, that's for sure. But we. Yeah. Oh, but we. Like, when we realized that we were being sandwiched in between Part Chimp and Big Business, we were like, you, like, did somebody make a mistake? <laughs> yeah, um, this, can't, this can't be right. <laughs> um, but, like, uh, Joe from Part Chimp, the bass player in Part Chimp, um, uh, someone was fucky with his bass. He was already borrowing somebody else's bass. Um, and, uh, um, and he was like, um, uh, uh, he, he came and asked if he could borrow my bass. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> he was playing my, he wasn't even playing my, my normal bass, my normal bass, I, um, um, I think most musicians are a little weird about, like, their normal, their, like, main instrument, you know, um, but I gave him my backup instrument, which happens to be a snot green Dean, um, and it's hideous, it's so gross. Um, and, and I felt so bad giving it to him. I was like, I'm sorry, I, I can't lend you the other one, but I have this one. And he was like, yeah, whatever, love, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, thanked me on stage. I was like, ah. Anyway, it was awesome. They're awesome. cool guys too, and we got to go see that Human Impact show the night the next oh, night nice. with them, and that was like the sickest shit ever. That was such a good. That was show. like uh, um, that was like one of the last one of the last shows I think, right? The, the before things got shut down, or was that uh, early on? We, no, no, this was like in January. Oh, okay, cool. It was cool. a secret so, show. Um, it was a secret show, um, uh, and it no, was Human Impact. Impact. Oh yeah, it was Human Impact's first show, um, like playing out. Um, so we had right. a very, very special show. Um, it was cool. And we, uh, oh, yeah, and Partridge Chimp was on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know what? I think Human Impact was billed, but Part Chimp was billed as, like, half Simeon or something because it was, like, a surprise. <laughs> yeah, because I, 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 I had Chris Spencer on the show, and he was talking about how I think it was. Oh, cool. Uh, it, it was, I think it was actually their record release show is what it was, but it was, like, one of the last shows where and everyone was like, uh, um, should we be freaking Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember when they went forward with that show, and I was like, dude, I can't believe they're really playing that show. Yeah. I, I was going to go to that. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched the Vitus broadcast, which, by the way, you can broadcast – you can watch broadcasts of St. Vitus's shows, uh, which I didn't know about until the Human Impact show. Uh, they were like, if you don't feel comfortable coming out, here's the link. Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing to look at on the internet. Yeah. Right. So. Well, yeah, yeah. the big business, the big business shows. I've had I've had both Cody and Jared on, and they're both old friends, and they had nothing but nice things to say about y'all. So. Um, Aww. We oh, sweet. love them. We yeah, love yeah. them. They're really cool guys. Yeah, they're the sweetest, and so kind of them to let us get on their Reno show with them on this last tour. Um, We'd never been to Reno before, and it just, like, made sense with our routing. And we were like, oh, my God, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah. nice of them. Reno, home of Elephant Rifle and very little else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we weren't there. There long. were a lot of guys with plaid, and uh, 
who Lurch. hadn't left their basement in probably 25 years. Yeah, we, uh, be, being a Californian born and raised, we used to call it the saddest little city because uh, it's got that <laughs> – it's got the well. thing where they, they kind of want to be Las Vegas, but it's sort of like they're the plainer sibling that just, you know, whatever, didn't have the grades or, you know, didn't have the <laughs> – didn't have the talent but like you're always kind of rooting for him you're like oh man come on you can do it reno you can do it so but yeah i I do like reno don't get me wrong it's just that i I mean i feel like to a certain degree the the wanting that comes from reno is actually makes it kind of cool in in a certain Mm. way and what's interesting is you get a band like elephant rifle they're like wow that band's awesome like the only band i can think of like that would be like form of rocket from salt lake city where it was just like Mm. this incredible band like how are you from Salt Lake City? Yeah. Also cities like that, playing cities like that is always great. Like playing, like Reno, the crowd in Reno really seem to enjoy it because like, I don't think they get bands. They don't, they don't get often. shows of that caliber very often. Yeah. It's, it's and like, yeah, it was like a really good like, show. Yeah. Like we love, I think we love playing towns where it's like, you can really feel that this is like a big thing for them. Or like, yeah. You know, it doesn't have not that it's a, maybe a big thing and like belittling them, but like it's a special event. It's like towns like Grand Junction and you know, like Love Grand Junction, other Colorado. places like that. Like we've played like Love some Grand small, Junction. like and even Painesville and like some small towns and yeah, all over the country. And it's just like it's such a cool feeling. You know, you get to you get a look into these tiny little towns that like or what? cities that no one ever really goes to. Totally. Like I'm I'm only aware of Kenosha, Wisconsin, because of, because of touring and because I have. Uh, friends there but it's like what i didn't realize is that oh yeah friday or saturday in kenosha is actually better than like a friday or saturday in chicago or milwaukee because people will get loose right (laughs) yeah Yeah, no it's so true sometimes you gotta play the really big cities on the off nights um because people are just gonna go out like probably on uh, in the bigger cities anyway um uh but in the smaller cities like everybody actually works like and they can't you know they can't actually stay out late so if you play uh, like a Friday, sometimes Thursday, but mostly Friday, Saturday show in those little towns, like people will turn it out yeah. to go to your, like, it's awesome. All you need anyway. is, is to get, is to have the, the, that guy or, or, or that lady of that town be like, Hey, everybody come out to this. And then you're, you're being in the shade. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. So uh, I want to thank you guys for uh, spending so much time with me. Uh, and it's, it's been great having you. Um, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. It was really fun. I really appreciate it. Normally, this would be the time where I bring up, like, hey, what are your future plans? But since nobody freaking <laughs> knows anything about anything. Oh, sitting in my room. But it sounds like you got you got a record you're going to finish, and that's gonna, that's exciting. And, yeah. Um, yeah. At some point, there will be shows again, one would imagine. And hope. One would hope. <laughs> I I do have a roof, like a rooftop uh, outside my kitchen window. So if worse comes to worse, Dylan, you get the cajon, and we get out there, and we have a distanced five person. It's not even that different of an audience than what we normally have. Uh, <laughs> roof show. 
So, a socially distant record release, yeah. Yes, fucking yeah. do it. My I cat will that be there. live streaming something personally, but then I got my own thoughts about that. Yo, don't even get us started in that. We've already run out of time. It's yeah, upsetting. I was going to say, we don't, don't, don't want don't to go too far down the rabbit hole here. We're already uh, well over. Uh, no, but uh, thanks so much. Uh, so, adirahorse.bandcamp.com. Uh, you guys are on, it seems like you have social media and all the normal places the bands would have social media. Indeed. Yeah. Anything Indeed. anything else that you wanna get out there while we're talking? Uh just no. keep your eyes out for our album whenever it comes out. <laughs> you know? Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> One day. Hang in there. And hang in there, we got this. And Mike Patton, if you're listening, we sure do like your record label. Yeah. <laughs> we need a label. How about that? Crowd, crowd yeah. fund us. Crowd Not just Mike Patton. Was audio cut out for anyone else right as she said that? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting interference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but thank you again for having us. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much. Um, yeah, as this well, is Rebecca, really cool. Dylan, it, it's been great having you. And uh, I look forward to when there is touring again. So I can see you play, and I look forward to uh, the new record when, whenever that gets done. So, awesome. hell yeah! All right. Thank you. All right, see you out there. Right. Hopefully, stay safe. See ya. You too. Right. Bye bye. All right, let's listen to a tune here. We're gonna listen to um, this is Double Wide.
of Smoke Jumper. Before that was Double Wide. Those are both off of the Everything Rots That Is Rotten EP that you can uh, find on Bandcamp or, uh, I don't know, Spotify, whatever. However it is, you crazy kids listen to music. Um, yeah. Great. So that was uh, Rebecca and Angela and Dylan. They are the band A Deer, A Horse. You can find them adearahorse.bandcamp.com They are also on Spotify, iTunes, all the things you think they'd be on. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Woof. Yeah, right. Okay, so there we go. Uh, This has been another episode, a stay-at-home edition, Memorial Day version of Kona Neutron's Protonic Reversal. Thank you very much for listening to it. This show airs on RadioNope.com. Say yes to Nope. Ostensibly on Thursdays, but really at this point, pretty much all the time. (laughs) (laughs) On Facebook, Radio Neutron. RadioNeutron.com for the archives for everything on the website. At Kona Neutron, Instagram, and Twitter. Anyone within the sound of my voice. What else? Anything? Hmm. Oh, yeah, YouTube. Kona Neutron's Protonic Conversal on YouTube. I've got 50,000 watts of sound. Where all the video is going, which you may be actually watching right now. Alright, so Ross from Cosmic Psychos on Thursday, the live show. This microphone turns sound into electricity. Stay tuned. Thanks for sharing, uh, uh, liking, subscribing, letting people know about it. It's always appreciated. Stay safe. Take it easy.
to my top ten. I'd like to thank our sponsor. Broadcasting if there's no one there to receive. Let's see. End of radio. We come to the close of broadcasting. 